for all of you people that are challenged in math, for all of you parents that have children that are struggling, or maybe not even struggling, but you would like to give them some help, and for those of you who want to survive out there in public against the bad guys, we've got the perfect guest for you, and it's going to be Henry Nguyen, and he specializes in these areas. And if you stay tuned, you're going to hear some very interesting concepts, and you're going to find out that he might be somebody that you want to talk to to take care of these little problems that you have in math and little problems that you might have in defending yourself. Stay tuned. Hey, Henry, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So you and I met recently at the Pasadena Chamber, I think it was a luncheon event. Yeah. And I had the opportunity then of going out and having some coffee with you and learning all about your business. Yep. Okay. And so uh, for the viewers, uh, you should know that Henry is a very uh, smart man. He's got uh, degrees in math, and he also is an entrepreneur. He's got a very interesting company. What's the name of your company? Commando Combatives and Calculus. And my, actually, my degrees are not in math. They're, I have two master's degrees in engineering plus an MBA. So the shirt um, kind of says it all, doesn't it? Commando, yeah. Combative, and Calculus. Yeah, Combatives and Calculus. Okay. The reason why I thought that it would be interesting for our audience uh, is this is a type of business that you haven't really heard of before, you know, where you're, you've got you know, s- some different things going on. Uh, for me, as a family law attorney, I have clients that uh, have children, you know, and sometimes they need services for math, you know, and I could tell you that most attorneys like myself, that wasn't really our strong point, you know, in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to spend some time talking to you about that because you do sure. tutoring for, for math. Right, math and science. Okay, and math and science. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the basic sciences of physics, chemistry, and biology, like, all the easy subjects. Yeah, like what you'd take in the first year science course at the college level. Okay. Like AP, physics, chem, bio at the high school. All right. All right. Well, none of those things are easy. I'm so good. I'm glad that you're <laughs> around. So, how long have you been doing that? So, I've been tutoring off and on since 2010. Um, and even before then, uh, in school, I had worked as a teaching assistant. So, the whole tutoring and teaching thing is very strong in my background. Okay. So, why don't we walk you walk our viewers through your uh, educational background. I already got it wrong. I said you had a degree in math. I, what I should have said is, is that because of your math acumen, you were able to get engineering degrees and stuff. So first of all, where did you grow up? I grew up in South Pasadena. Okay. And then you went to undergrad? At UC Riverside, University okay. of California, Riverside. Okay. Four years over well, there? Well, <laughs> it actually took me six years to finish my bachelor's degree because I kept changing my major. Okay. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I used to live in Riverside, so it's a great, uh, it's a really good UC. Uh, then from there, where did you go? Um, right after uh, I finished undergrad, I went to Tohoku University in Sendai, Japan, for my first Master of Engineering, Master of Engineering degree in Electrical and Communication Engineering. Okay, that was the part that I really piqued my interest when I heard that you went over there and uh, got that type of a, uh, when you were over there, was it English speaking or? Um, the engineering portion of the entry exam was in English because it was for international students. Mm. The Japanese portion was in Japanese, of course. Yeah. And then once I passed that exam, I became a fully enrolled master's degree student, at which point all the coursework was in Japanese. Wow. Okay. You like to challenge yourself, I could see. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, then you came back to the States, and then you got an MBA? So after that, um, I came back to the U.S. in March 2003. Um, and then at first, I was an intern at the Rand Corporation in Santa Monica. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, I, only for a few months, though. It was a okay. very short internship. And I left there. Um, I was unemployed for a little while. And then... Uh, I became disabled and unable to work due to some, due to some sports injuries. And then as I was recovering, uh, the first job I started with was tutoring because uh, you don't have to be very physically fit to tutor. You just have to talk and explain equations. So that's what I did as I was getting back into the workforce was tutoring. Would you agree with me that not all people are uh, equal in their abilities for math, that some people take on to it quicker than others? I would say so, yeah. I mean, some people, you know, really like math and take very naturally to it. Uh, I guess I'm one of those people. Some people really struggle with math, and you have the whole gamut, right? Just like, you know, for me, something like writing is probably not my strongest suit. Someone, a lawyer like you is probably much better at writing than I am. Yeah, so so it's a uh, something that you're kind of born with in some respects, but you're tutoring people that sometimes aren't natural to it, but you're helping them out. Right, yeah. Okay. And usually people come to me for tutoring because they're struggling in math. Yeah. I mean, if a person is already getting straight A's, they don't really need my help. Although sometimes a student, um, I'll get a student who they're already doing pretty well, but they just want to get to a slightly higher edge and get to that next level in their class. What age groups do you cover? Um, so in the past school year, it just so happens that all of my students were high school students. Um, the youngest student I ever tutored was in second grade. The oldest student I ever tutored, he was, I think, in his 40s or 50s. He was an Army Reserve officer, a police officer in civilian life, and working on his PhD in criminal justice. He needed some help studying statistics. Um, but at the moment, my preferred age range for tutoring is high school, college, and above, because I feel that's the group that I'm most qualified to do the most good for. Okay, cool. Well, I heard that one about the police officer that wanted to get uh, a class into statistics, which is not an easy course. Wow, man, that's I never thought about because I, you know, I, when I went to college, I had to study statistics. I, surprisingly, I did okay in that. Yeah. But I don't think that I even knew that there were people like yourself that would be there to help because it's it's daunting, right? It's one of those things for some of us. It's like, man, if, if somebody would just sit down and be patient with me you know, and, and work it out. So wh what are some of the techniques that you use for people like myself who are afraid of math, you know, that feel like we can't do it? What, what are some of the things you do at the beginning of your of your lessons or your time with them? It's not so much what I do as a mindset I t that I take. Um, and this, this harkens back to a story from my days when I was an undergrad. Um, I was taking a first-year physics class, and uh, the first exam we had I'd studied really hard for um, when we got our test papers back, my score was like a 70 out of 100. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I did horrible. And the professor tells us the class average was like a 38 or something like that. Oh, and I realized, okay, okay I did fine. Oh. Um, and he was going over one of the problems. Well, he's going over all, all the problems. And one of the problems he went over, he was saying, okay, so here you just take the, the integral of x dx, which is just x squared over 2. And he sort of scratches his head and says, you know, this is just an integral. This should be basic math for you guys. I don't know why more people didn't get this right. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, he just called integral calculus basic math. I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> so that I always keep that story in mind in the back of my head because it makes me realize 
just because something seems simple to me doesn't mean it's simple for my student because mm-hmm. you know I'm the expert in my field but my student is not so I always keep that in the back of my head it, it, it's not necessarily simple for my student and so I, I always ha- take that approach with my students good yeah I always find that I teach a little bit I teach a law you know and I like to teach mm-hmm. and I think that you have to really simplify it I hate the term dumbing it down because that's uh, de- demeaning to the student but you know your job as a teacher is to make it as understandable as possible. Yeah, and the way exactly. you do that is you take kind of the fear out of it. You're right. patient, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you and you you go as slow as you need to go to teach the the topic, I guess, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and so, when you're talking to, I guess, high school students, is it different than when you're talking to college, or is it pretty much like the same way that you speak to them? You know, I typically speak to high school and college students about the same way. Um, I haven't tutored that many college students. Most of my students recently have been high school students. Okay. Um, but often I'll share stories with my students about my time as a working professional and with the point being that I'll tell them, hey, this is what you'll face in the real world. That's why I teach you to do things this way. And that's why I feel that's the age group I'm most qualified to help because that kind of message I think resonates more with the older crowd, whereas someone like who's in first and second grade, they're still so far removed from reality that this kind of messaging won't really impact them that much yeah I remember you and I talking about that when we had coffee that you like to use the real world approach to you know you're teaching people right talk about that what is that compared to I mean the textbook way versus the real world way so some of it's just stories to illustrate some of the difficulties they'll face when they enter the working world for example one of the things I often encourage my students to do is try and look things up for themselves rather than relying too much on me. Like when I was an application engineer, there was a senior engineer assigned to train me. And after I'd been there a few months, every time I asked him a technical question, he'd say, hey, Andrew, you've been here two months already. Look it up and figure it out for yourself. And so I share that with him to illustrate, hey, you know, you got to, at some point, you got to be able to take the initiative and look things up and figure things out for yourself because that's the kind of reality you may face in the world, either because someone's not willing to teach you or they might they might not necessarily know. Like you, at that point, you might be the expert in your field, and there's no one else qualified at a high level to give you advice. Or the senior engineer might actually be wrong about something. I tell students stuff like that so that they have they develop not just the knowledge but the confidence to speak up and say, "Hey, you know, maybe that's wrong. I think this might be the right answer instead." That's cool. You're teaching them how to solve problems yeah. in a literal way and a figurative way. I mean. You know, it's the problem, it's the math problem, but it's also about how to work through this stuff and yeah. be resourceful and mm-hmm. things, right? Yeah. That's really cool that you do that. And um, tell me, do you have any success stories without naming names that you talked to us about? Yeah, one of the biggest success stories I have, um, one of the first kids I ever tutored in math and science, beginning back when he was in middle school, he is now an engineer at Applied Materials after having been an engineer at Northrop Grumman for several years. Congratulations. Um, yeah. And another student, I uh, tutored him in math. And while I was tutoring, we were talking one day, and he said he, was, he wanted to join the Marines. And so I told him, oh, you know what? I'll teach you self-defense, and I'll give you the, the military discount if you like. And he said, okay. So I also taught him self-defense, and I'm proud to say he is now a U.S. Marine. Cool, cool. You know, the one... Probably the biggest satisfying thing that teachers have is when students come back to them. I know that, you know, personally, I mean, me, when I went back to my high school, my favorite teacher, I, you know, I, it was actually one of my coaches that I'd go back, and it was like a father to me, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. 
but you always see that, you know, that teachers, you know, that are good get students that return to them and they're thankful and they feel bonded with it. I yeah. imagine since you've been doing this for many years, you have people return to you and say thanks and, you know, that they, they make you feel good about what you're doing. Yeah, and it is nice hearing those success stories from my students, absolutely. That's cool, yeah. cool. So now you're talking about this interesting thing about self-defense and uh, we talked a little bit about that. You know that I'm a former police officer. Mm-hmm. You also know that I'm a MMA junkie as far as watching. I don't get on the mats. I mean, I'm too old for that, and my knees wouldn't hold out. But I love watching that. Um, and so, you know, I think that we kind of connected partially because of that as well. So how did you get started in that? So um, as a kid, I watched movies like The Karate Kid starring Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita, as well as stuff like Blood Sports starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. And, you know, movies like that made me think, wow, martial arts is so cool. Um, my first time actually practicing martial arts was when I was an exchange student in Hong Kong. I joined the Tai Chi Club. Later on, uh, during my last semester at UC Riverside, uh, all my classes were done, so I was just basically waiting to graduate. So in the mornings, I would go to the, the university gym and weightlift and go running, and in the evenings, I'd take karate classes. And when I went to school in Japan, I joined the karate club and the Aikido club. Um, although, unfortunately, after a few months, I had to quit because I had to focus on my studies. Um, it's kind of ironic. I went to Japan and had to quit practicing martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> um, later on, I discovered World War II combatives when I was doing glue search online for different fighting systems. And I thought, hey, this is perfect for me. Simple, quick to learn. It doesn't require any acrobatics or super flexibility to kick real high. So perfect for someone like me who's getting a little older, declining athletic ability. I don't have eight hours a day to spend training. So I focused on the World War II combatives. And along the way, I did a lot of reading and doing a Google search for some other stuff. So I've added to the curriculum some techniques that I've taught to CIA officers, uh, U.S. Army Special Forces, U.S. Marines, and Navy SEALs. And this is all stuff that's in the open literature. I mean, like, a lot of times people claim, ooh, I have these secret techniques. It's like, no, it's not secret. You can just find it if you just do a diligent search. Going back to the resourcefulness, okay? You've opened the book and you you self-taught, right? Yeah. How cool. So that's interesting, World War II combatives. So you always wonder about that when you see, like, you know, why these guys, how are they able to fight hand-in-hand without going through 10 years of, you know, um, karate or something like that? It's Mm -hmm. because there were more practical ways of teaching some of that stuff, right? Yeah, it was. um, So the World War II combatives originates with uh, one of the main originators is uh, W.E. Fairbairn, William Edward Fairbairn. He was uh, the Shanghai police commissioner in the pre-war era. And at the time, Shanghai was a very rough and dangerous port city. So um, he had studied stuff like judo and jiu-jitsu, I believe, and he distilled it to take the simplest and most effective techniques, and he taught that to the Shanghai police so that they would have a way to deal with the levels of violence they were facing from the criminal element in the city. And then when World War II broke out, he offered to teach his fighting method to the Allied commandos. Interesting. Yeah, I think I told you when I was a police officer in the academy, we learned things like how to take guns away from people and mm-hmm. some interesting self-defense techniques. So with regard to your school, how do you combine the two, the, the calculus and the, and the combative? Well, actually, most people who come to me come to me for one or the other. Okay. So most either they come to me for tutoring or they come to me for self-defense. There are, have been a few people who came to me for both. 
but those two cases are more the exception rather than the rule. Most people come to me either for tutoring or for self-defense lessons. Okay. And do you break your uh, days of the week for one or the other, or is it split days, or how do you do it? Um, I just schedule in people wherever I can find a mutually convenient time for both of us. Okay. When you do the tutoring, do you go to them or do they come to you? So for the tutoring, normally I prefer to meet at like a local coffee shop because it's in public and I like to have an ICY tutor. Um, sometimes I'll meet the student in their home. Um, and if I do meet them in their home, I have a r rule that an adult family member, like a parent, must be present in the home at all times while I'm there with the student. Good. For any, this is for any students that are younger than 18. Yeah. And that's just pretty much standard in the education field for working with minors. Yeah. And then the combatives, I think you told me you go to a park. Yeah, I normally teach uh, the combatives at Alhambra Park because it's a nice wide open space. Um, I just bring my equipment there and we, we practice. How cool. And how, when, with this combatives, how long do people stay with you normally? Uh, I think the longest anyone's ever stayed with me was maybe about three or four months. Okay. Um, uh, some people, uh, they just try the free lesson and I never see them again. That's happened. Although most people who try the free lesson do stick around for more. It just depends on the who, who it is. Yeah. It's of how much time they want to put into it and all yeah. that. I wonder um, if you can talk about some basic philosophies that people should know uh, about self-defense and you know how you could help them with you know, not being uh, accosted in public or, or something like that. Um, well, two things I often tell people to keys to staying safe is one, Keep your eyes and ears open. And two, use your head. Don't let fear, ego, pride, or anger override your better judgment, which can be especially a problem for guys because we tend to have big ego, right? You know, right. If someone challenges us, we, we're up for a fight. So it's important to tell people that, you know, don't let your ego drive you <laughs> into a, a bad situation. Yeah, well, that makes and, sense. And then keeping your eyes and ears open, like, I know, especially with the younger generations, people tend to walk around, you know, distracted by their cell phones, and that's that's just making you an easy target. And so I told people, yeah, you know, keep your eyes and ears open, pay attention. Um, I never thought about that. All those people you see on the street walking with their heads down, looking right. at their phones, mm -hmm. they're a target out there. Yeah, because you're yeah. not paying attention, so it'd be easy for yeah. someone to just come up behind you and bash your head and take your wallet or whatever. Yeah, yeah, cool. So do you teach practical things like that to your students as well as the techniques? Yes, I do. Uh, okay. Although most the most of the lesson time is spent on the fighting techniques. Um, there's some situational exercises where I pretend that I'm an unknown, and as I approach them and I'm talking to them, they have to decide: do they just talk, try and talk me down? Do they hold me back, or do they have to strike? And so that conditions them to be able to make those kind of decisions under stress. Cool, cool. Well, that's a great service. I mean, we live in a you know a dangerous society in some respects. I mean, if you're in the inner city and you're walking. You know, having some some basic self defense or survival techniques really is important. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad there's people like you. So how can they find you? So um, you can do a search on Yelp for Commando Combatives and Calculus, or you can go to my website. It's kind of a mouthful. It's basically the full business name, Commando Combatives and Calculus dot com, and that's my website. Well, Henry, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. This was very informative, and I hope that uh, those of you who are in need of uh, math, you know, tutoring, or if you've got children, like a lot of my clients do, then they're not doing well in those math classes. Now you've got a resource here, somebody that's uh, proven to be good at it. And then, of course, you know, if you want to protect yourself out there, you've got another resource as well. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you Thank next you, time. Thank you, Henry.